Good morning. Breakfast at the Broker every Tuesday morning at 9 a.m. We uh, have an exciting guest. It is a repeated guest, a multi-guest, and uh, you will love what he has to say. And now, by way of Delray Beach, Florida, he is a licensed real estate agent with Remax Services. He is consistently ranked in the top 100 individual real estate agents within Remax in the world. He was ranked at 2022 the number six individual Remax agent in the state of Florida. He was inducted into the Circle of Legends and is a multi-year Diamond Award winner. He's originally from Chicago, Illinois. He spent his early years as a scout for the Chicago White Sox. Stand up and make some noise for the myth, the legend, Bull Sells Homes, Brian C. Bowles. Good morning, Dave. <laughs> Good Great morning. To see you. You too. Third time's charm. It is. Is it third or fourth? It's third. Be, is it? Oh, yeah. Look at that. But it's in the studio now. Yeah, this is fancy. <laughs> it is fancy. We have upgraded our game. Yes. <laughs> Tremendous upgrade. You know, uh, so thank you for coming in. I appreciate it. You know, listen, you know, being um, in the South Florida uh, real estate market is... Uh, you know, it's been fun the last few years. Um, and obviously you've seen ups, downs, lefts, rights, and, and, and all in between. Um, what makes a good real estate agent? I think a good real estate agent is like anything else in life. I've seen you consistent performance. Um, when you go to work out at the gym, you're consistent. When you're an athlete, you're consistent in your habits. Um, I think someone who's I talked to someone this morning at eight and he said, I'm ready for the grind again today. So consistently performing each and every day. So how do you stay consistent? Because, you know, you know, we use the term, we throw it around a lot where we're, you know, consistent. We need to be this. We need to be consistent, consistent, consistent. How do you keep yourself accountable? I just want to feel like every day I brought it. You know, if you bring it, I talked to Pat Liguori once. I said, what's your goal in real estate? He said, to work hard every day. I think if you work hard every day, you'll see what you do today benefit you two months down the road. So I think uh, I hold myself accountable to once I walk in through your doors, you're my broker, that I'm going to give it. And if I don't feel like I gave it, then I might come back later that night and work a little bit more. I need to feel like I tried. You know, what amazes me, because, you know, you have a lot of things in your office that really kind of somewhat keeps you accountable, right? Um, and you're a visual guy because you see, you know, um, you're, you're writing down how many listing appointments you went on, how many listings you're taking and, and such. And so you're tracking it that way. Um, is tracking important? I mean, to do, you know, for a successful real estate agent, you know, real estate agents, you know, think or People that aren't real estate agents or just got into the business sometimes think that, oh, well, it's easy. It's a million dollar listing. It's, you know, you go on these fancy cars or fancy houses and, and you sell a house and they give you a check and it's, it's that easy, but obviously it's not. So, um, you know, when we look at it, what do you need, you know, not just from, you know, um, I guess more of the accountability piece, you have visual, but you also lean on your colleagues to keep you accountable as well. Yeah, I think, um, you know, I try to uh, beat my past performances, so I chart things, and I also use the MLS to see what's what market is moving. So, like, I might see trends in the market and then go after those trends. Um, you know, if I see that a certain market price is selling, I'll try to 
try to concentrate on going after that area. If it's 500 to a million, then we'll try to get listings 500 to a million. If it's a million to 2 million, then we'll try to get more listings a million to 2 million. So um, I just watch the trends. Yeah, knowledge of the market is really huge because, you know, people, they, 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 you know, especially agents that, um, you know, have been in the business, been doing it for a while. But the agents that are coming in or have come in in the last five, six years, they haven't really needed the knowledge of the market, right? Because, you know, basically the buyers have dictated, um, hey, you know, there's one house on the market. Can I see it? You know, make an offer. Um, it's not like when we used to actually have to put our, you know, the clients in the car and, you know, drive them around to 50 different places, you know, in a two or three day period. Um, you know, we don't have that anymore, you know, but, you know, we may be getting a little bit closer to that. Yeah, I think, um, down the road. Right now, it's a pretty good market. We're not seeing multiple offers, but we're seeing good offers if the homes are priced right. I'm seeing more homes priced right than they were before. You could price them at any price before and someone buy it and there'd be multiple offers. But now it's getting back to the old days where you pricing is the key. And I think down the road, you're going to have to work. You're going to have to go back to the basics and make calls, do open houses, um, farm, contact your sphere of influence to see if they have any friends in the market or thinking of listing their homes. Um, it's going to get back to where you got to work and earn your money. Yeah. So 87% of all, uh, licensed real estate agents that go through school, you know, don't make it, um, uh, within the first five years, you know, so it was only 13%, right? And so it's constantly a big, big turnover. And when they look at the real estate industry, you know, that's also one of the things that people look at. They say, you know, well, the barrier entry is not great or, or, um, you know, um, you know, you know, there's so many real estate agents, you know, everyone's moms, friends, cousins, whatever, um, is a real estate agent, you know, to those new real estate agents, you know, past just getting out of school, what's your advice to them? Quit. <laughs> if you want. <laughs> get a real job. Um, I, uh, get a nine to five. Um, <laughs> my advice to them would be go under someone who's um, productive. Ask them if they could sit in open houses. Open houses are the greatest thing in the real estate business. You have people actually looking for homes. You don't have to spend money and they're coming right to you. It's like having a shop and it's closed. You're opening doors to a million dollar house and getting leads and those leads can pay off. So if you don't have money behind you, work for someone who's successful and say, can I sit in your open houses? I probably have 16 to 20 listings right now. I'd love for someone to come up to me and say, can I sit in your open houses? You might and, get a few calls after this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I hope so. <laughs> you know, and, and that really is, you know, people have looked and, you know, you know, they, they say, oh, well, open houses don't work or open houses, you know, but the way that you're, you know, let's talk about an open house system, right? Some, some people do a really good job with the open houses um, where they're knocking on doors and they're, they're letting neighbors know and stuff like that. Is that also what you do or, um, or one of your um, assistants do? Yeah, we try to um, farm the area around the open house because most pe most movement in real estate, someone has a friend looking to move into where their friend lives. So we try to invite, 
you know, you don't, you can't hit five miles, but we try to hit the homes on each side of the road near the house you're going to have open and invite them. And they usually tell their friends who are looking. Usually when you sell a house, it triggers someone else in the neighborhood to tell their friend or to list their house. I mean, it's, it's, you know, when I lived in Chicago, we all would buy back in the neighborhood we grew up in. Mm. It was amazing. You go where you're comfortable. You go where your friends are. I mean, how many, you know, you know, unfortunately, there not a lot of people except myself um, are from this area. Right. So, you know, but you have heard a lot of times like people are like, oh, like one day I'm going to go ahead and buy my childhood home, you know, up north or northeast or whatever, because they want to, you know, it, it's, you know, a home. And that's kind of why we're in this business, right? A home makes you feel good. Like, I mean, it gives you security, gives you stability, you know, it, you know, makes, you know, makes everything kind of go right. So, you know, when you're looking at, you know, the emotion that comes in, in a real estate transaction, how do we navigate the, you know, whether it's buyers or sellers, uh, when we have a uh, emotion dictating sometimes decisions? Well, you have to put them at ease. You have to explain the process and you have to make sure that when they walk through a house and they want to buy it five seconds later, that they're really going to stick. I kind of, I kind of take the opposite approach of a lot of agents when they want to write up an offer right away, a buyer, I kind of have them think about it for 24 hours. I want to make sure they're going to stick around when it's a listing. If they say they want to list, walk out with the listing. Don't wait. They want to, they want to list it now. If you don't walk out with the listing, you're probably not going to get it. There's right. been studies done. I think if you don't walk out with the listing the day you meet with the person and they're going to list, you have a 25% chance. So get the listing right away with a buyer. I kind of take the approach. Why don't you go home? Think about it. It's a big decision. Make sure you're comfortable. Call Goosehead Insurance. Make sure your insurance numbers are okay call Craig Stelzer. I'm just mentioning some guys I use um, to make sure your mortgage payment you're comfortable with. You want to make sure the emotion wears off and then they're, they're rational in their decision-making that they're, they're comfortable with the decision. Because you see people walk in, love it, and then they come back second or third time and start seeing flaws. I want to make sure they're, they're okay with making the decision the decision to write the contract. So it's a different approach with a seller, get the listing right away with the buyer. I give them a little time to think about it. Yeah. How do you become a listing agent? Cause you know, so many people obviously start out typically as a buyer's agent or doing open houses for, you know, top, you know, successful um, team or successful agent, you know, how do you become a listing agent? Well, I think one of the things I do, I put my face on my signs. So someone called me yesterday and they said, we see your face everywhere. So it's perception that I'm dominating a certain market. They just see my face. A lot of people don't put their face on their signs. I think you should. Um, it's like a, a free business card. Um, so I think to get listings, you know, I started out one of my when I first came to Florida, I sold real estate in Chicago. I said, how am I going to get known in Florida? I've never lived here, didn't know a street. So I bought a home. I didn't know how to get listings. So I said, I'm going to keep my house open. I wasn't selling it. Everyone would walk in and say, you're 200000 overpriced. And I'd <laughs> laugh to myself and think, I'm not trying to sell. 
but I got to know the whole neighborhood and all of a sudden I had five or six listings in the next couple of months. So I put my own product on the market. And then eventually I did sell the house and buy another house. But at the time I just figured I don't have any listings. So I put my own house for sale. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And watch sports and did laundry. And yeah. Yeah. So, well, now, now you have assistants that do that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Not my laundry. Uh, well, you, maybe you need to. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's talk about farming, right? Um, you know, you know, you just uh, talked about, you know, you know, holding your own uh, house, but, you know, you're very successful in farming, um, you know, especially the Lake Ida area and, and around there. Um, and how long does it take? (laughs) I'll say it takes a few years. Um, if you're going to start out farming, you better be consistent. You can't just send out a mailer, a fancy mailer one month with all the top restaurants in Delray and all the 911 services, and then try it six months later. You better be consistent. I'll get people to say to me, I've been getting your postcards for 25 years, and which is true. And it's funny, until they're thinking of selling, they finally read it. But you better each month send out a postcard. The thing I wish I did, um, if I had to do it all over again, I would do just listed, just sold, instead of um, my my mailer once a month. I would um, do more mailers. And I think the just listed and just sold, especially the just sold, it shows that you just sold something in their neighborhood. They're like, I better go with that guy. He's hot. He's selling everything in the neighborhood or it's all perception in our business. You know, everyone says bull sells homes, not always, but you want them to think bull sells homes. That's great. Um, Social media important. (laughs) You're talking to the wrong guy, but (laughs) it is important. I'm seeing. Um, new agents in the business using social media, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn. It's really good. Um, Are they successful though? Or, I mean, so what I look at is like, you know, I guess, you know, I read a book and I don't remember the uh, name of the book, uh, unfortunately, but what the book basically talked about strengths and weaknesses. And one of the things they said is too many people try and bring their weakness up to a strength, which is impossible. You, know, you could bring it up to maybe average or whatever. Um, what you really should be concentrating is, you know, your strength and making your strength and mastering that strength because that's more likely because you're, that's, you're, you're in your strong suit. Um, I think too many people who are not engaged into social media try and do social media because everyone else is doing it and, and people need it. I mean, there needs to be obviously some degree of online profile, but if you're not good at it and you don't like it, don't do it. Do, do what you like to do. Because if you don't, I mean, this business is too hard, you know, to continue to do something that you don't like to do. I think social media sometimes, um, and I'm, I'm at fault on this too, where I post, um, all my real estate listings or closings. I try to add, um, vacations I took or, I was in the sports world and my brother John managed the Marlins. So I try to put, you know, my favorite baseball stadiums or games I went to. I just went to the heat game Friday and posted that. So try to show them something they might have an interest in. You know, I've had 
gotten listings sometimes because they were baseball fans, um, you know, so they're, they're whatever, they're food fans. I see one guy on social media post restaurants that he goes to all the time and new restaurants. And I'm like, oh, that's interesting. I, I want to read that. So you want to capture them with something they're interested in. You may, you know, maybe they're runners, maybe they're bikers, but you can capture them. Maybe they'll list their home because you, you like to cycle like them. So common interests. It always helps when you go in a house, I look around and see if I have any common interests because you're walking in the first time they've never met you. It's an uncomfortable situation because you're feeling each other out. You have about five minutes to make an impression and so you might say, oh, I see you're a Notre Dame fan like me. How about the Irish? You think our new coach is good? You think we're going to have a good year this year with the new quarterback? You know, and it breaks the ice. Mm-hmm. Everyone likes to talk about something they like. Sit back and listen. I'll start a conversation and then sit back and listen to what they have to say. They want to hear themselves talk. They want to feel comfortable with you. Yeah, I, th- I think from... You know, especially when you're going on listing presentations, the two things that, um, you know, I've learned over the years is that listen, right? Um, But you need them to know that you're listening. So a lot of times I'll bring like a scratch pad or like a, a notepad and, you know, I'll start asking, you know, the age of the AC and the age of the roof and I'll write it down and, you know, oh, what do you love about your home? And then the other thing is, is continuing to ask questions. Because a lot of times we'll ask question, we'll say, you know, oh, you know, what do you think of your home? And, and they'll give you a very relatively short answer and you don't do follow up questions. You need to continue to ask those questions so that you can understand why they're moving. Because a lot of times, most of the time, it's not because of money. Uh, most of the time, it's the, it's a circumstance. It's a something that, uh, you know, um, you know, something that gave them the impetus to move was typically not money. And, um, you know, so you want to get to that, you know, that, uh, you know, that, that, uh, reason. So, so I've tried a different marketing, a different Mm -hmm. listing approach, Dave, and I don't know if it's effective, but it seems more comfortable with the seller. Instead of walking in and going room by room and saying, you know, when did you upgrade your kitchen? I'll say, why don't we sit over here? And they'll say at the dining room table or the couch, and I'll just talk. I'll say, why are you moving? What's the most important thing you're looking for in an agent? You know, um, what's your time frame? I build rapport with them before I walk around the house because it's kind of impersonal. I was thinking, you know, we walk around, they tell us the roof is 10 years old. But when you sit down with them for 20, 30 minutes, you kind of build trust sure. before you walk through the house. So I've kind of changed my approach where I used to just walk through the house and take notes like you and ask questions. Now I sit with the family and see what their motivation is, see when they need to move, what their price range they want to get, you know, just those kind of give you trigger points of what they're looking for. It's like a football recruit. It's like Saban sitting down with the family and, uh, and uh, and tell them all about the school. Who's Saban? (laughs) <laughs> come on now <laughs> hey, <Bama>. so <laughs> so um you know it, it's interesting because listings are um you know sometimes hard to come by or whatever but you know 
and this always boggles me, right? You look at a listing, especially in your farm area, and it gets listed by someone who's never sold in there before, right? And it's not a friend, it's not a cousin, it's not a you know anybody, you know, it wasn't even a referral. When you ask that person, they're like, "Oh, we had a great rapport, right? We, you know, and and it goes down to the you know they don't sellers, not all, but a lot of sellers don't use the one who sold everything in the, in the area. A lot of times they use just the person they know, like, and trust, like, you know, um, you know, or they got to know and then they got to like, and then they got to trust. I give you a quick story back in Chicago. My car mechanic said, I got to leave the car business. Shell gas station is raising my prices. I can't compete anymore. How do you think I'll do in real estate? And I said, you're going to kill it. And he said, why? I said, we all trust you for, to service our car. We'll trust you to, to sell us a house or list our house. You know, he, this was back in 1990, maybe. He made 150000 his first year. Wow. And that was a lot of money back then. That's a lot of money. So I've been selling real estate 35 plus years. And what I learned didn't matter. They trusted him. We all liked him. Mm-hmm. And we trusted him and I knew he would do well. And it, it proved to me, it didn't matter that he was your car mechanic doing your brakes. He could ter- transition into real estate and it was the same trust. So yes, you wish they would list with someone who'd been doing it 35 years like me, but sometimes they go with the person who they know from when he was servicing their car. Um, it does kind of bother me sometimes when you see someone just out of real estate school get a $3 million listing and you're like, boy, this is the biggest financial decision of your life probably. <clears throat> Excuse me. And you're, you're listing with someone right out of school. If I was going to Mayo Clinic, I'd want to know the guy who's done thousands of procedures, not the guy who just got out of school. Maybe I'm wrong, but I think I'd want to know some guy who has a track record. Yeah. I mean, uh, that, that makes sense. And, you know, um, you know, I guess to each his own and that's why some, you know, some people are successful, you know, how do, how's the real estate market look right now? It's better than I thought it'd be. Um, I'm a little bit down uh year to date, but not much from last year. My best year is 2021. Uh, 2022 was a good year, but I was, I think I was 44th in the country, but I was a little down. This year, I'm on pace of 2022, but I think the second half, we're going we're gonna to struggle. I think, um, you know, it's going to be um, homes longer on the market, probably price reductions, um, where you lose some listings, second person in is going to benefit. Um, it's going to go back to a normal market. Right. It hasn't been normal the last couple of years. Anyone who thinks it's normal to put a listing on it and sell it in three hours with 16 offers is crazy. That's not normal. That's, that's I mean, a, I put my uh, house on the market and I, I was, I got like 29 showings or something in the weekend. Um, and we got like five offers, I think, you know, and, and, you know, I was, I was surprised in the sense of, um, you know, I was surprised in the sense that I got so many showings. Uh, I wasn't surprised in the number of offers. I actually thought maybe I'd have more offers than than the five. Uh, 
but I was surprised at the, the amount of showings. And then I started to kind of dissect it. And it was just the, the price range when you, uh, you know, alluded to the fact that, you know, in our first part of the, this conversation, you know, you said, you know, I look in monitor the market, which, which markets are hot. And my house is basically what a lot of people are looking for. And there's not a lot out there at the price that my house is that it offers. Right. So they perceive to be value, even if, the last comparable isn't for 18 months ago and it was 30% less than what it is currently doesn't matter because they, you know, they perceive it to be, you know, um, within the competition. And that's one of the things that this kind of changed our mindset a little bit on the valuation of property, the valuation of property always used to be, you know, how much did y- your neighbor sell for, you know, what, what is the comparable? What, the, what, so, I mean, that's kind of changed a little bit in the valuation of property in the sense that what are you competing against? Right. So you're, you're, you're taking the active listings and you're saying, all right, well, a buyer is going to look at these seven listings. You know, does yours compete? Is yours less? Is yours middle? Is yours high? You know, and, and the valuation of property, you know, although appraisers won't do that, that's what buyers are doing. Let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. When you were selling, how many homes were for sale in your neighborhood? At the same time. Well, so there's four sections, 247 homes. There was one house for sale in the estate section, and then no houses in the non-estate section. So two total? Including me. Okay. And how many of those five offers, how many were cash? Two. Two. Did you take a cash offer? No. No. Did they waive their appraisal? No. You're not worried about it? Um, yeah, I'm very worried about it, but it, the, the the spread was too big, right? So the, so the spr- cash was a lot lower than the Yeah, mortgage. it was 5% less. Okay. You know, it wasn't yeah. even, it, it wasn't in the, like, and, you know, the funny thing is, is who knows, after the appraisal and the inspections and everything else, I might end up taking, you know, you know less than that. But, you know, it, it's, it really has to do with what, um, you know, who I believe is going to get to the finish line, right? Right. Which buyers are going to get to the finish line. And, and I felt like these buyers really wanted the property. Did it go over asking? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's still a strong market. Yeah. I mean, you're probably got more today than you would have last year, right? Oh, absolutely. I, I got and Which more, is crazy. Yeah. I, I got more today than probably I would ever get. I mean, no, nothing sold for anywhere near that. Right. So, you know, and, and 20% more, not even like. Do you think next year you'd get as much money a year from now? Probably not. Right. Yeah, probably that's, not. That's what I'm seeing. Yeah. I mean, but then again, you know, last year I thought I wouldn't get, you know, this too. So, you know, we talk about timing of the market. I'm not sure anyone could time the market and, and the economist basically say, Hey, you know, I, I know a hundred percent of the time I'm going to be wrong. <laughs> like right. literally like they're always wrong because they know that like, it's very difficult. This market, you know, real estate market was never quick to change. Right. It was never based on consumer perception or confidence and in, in those kind of things. Um, and if it was, you know, it would take months before, you know, the market would actually, you know, fluctuate. Now it's almost day to day. 
you know, um, you know, there's a lot of buyers. There's, a lot, there's not a lot of buyers. There's, you know, a lot of inventory is not a lot of inventory. I mean, we still have a, you know, at least in South Florida in our local area, we have an inventory problem. Uh, we still have an inventory. I mean, I think we're at three and a half or close to four months of inventory. A balanced market is until five or six months and a buyer's market, quote unquote, buyer's market is until, you know, over those six months. So, you know, and normal markets are in that five, six, maybe seven months. So, um, you know, we're still 50% less than what a really, uh, what a normal or average market may be. Yeah. For, for now. For now. No, no, no. Agreed. I mean, days on the market are increasing. Inventory is, is certainly increased. But the houses, to your point, houses that are priced right, sell. I mean, I went to a lot of real estate agents and said, what should I price my house? And they all said pretty much 10% higher than I priced it. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Wow. But that based on the competition, absolutely, I should have. You didn't ask me. I didn't. <laughs> Why, you know I'd want the listing. And no, well, <laughs> no, I, I mean, it's not your, it's not your, uh, your area. You know, I mean, you've done one or two in those in the, in, in Newport. But I mean, if it was Lake Ida or, or Chapel Hill or any of those surrounding. Uh, I'm joking. Dude. Take your own commission. <laughs> <laughs> you want to find us free. <laughs> yeah. Call me when the mortgage <laughs> land deal blows up. <laughs> yeah, it might. No, it Who knows? You, it you just don't know. You just don't know. Um, so, I always end the uh, conversation. I appreciate you uh, coming on the, as a, a, a three-time guest. Three-time. Um, is that the record? It is the record. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, I always end the conversation on two questions. One is, um, you know, I know you're a movie guy, yeah. so you could do movie or, or a okay. streaming series. Okay. What is your favorite all-time either movie or streaming series? And what are you currently watching? So I'm going to answer it differently. My favorite streaming series in the last few years was Ozark. A lot of people think it's dark, but I liked it. Um, My favorite recent movie, though, you didn't ask that question. I really enjoyed Air about the Michael Jordan story with Nike and how they lured him to Nike. It was really interesting. I grew up in Chicago, saw Michael play 40 times. I didn't even know the story, how they lured him to Nike. Um, what was your second question? No, uh, basically, what are you currently watching, if, if, if you have a recommendation? So I was, <laughs> I'm not watching any streaming series. I really am, was into the FAU Owls basketball. Oh, that was awesome. And now the Miami Heat. Um, after going to the game Friday, I'm hooked again to watch the Heat and the Bucks. And uh, currently I'm reading more, uh, more books. Um, I'm reading a book by David Goggins. He's a Navy SEAL, Can't Hurt Me. I just finished that and I'm on, going on to a second book. It's an amazing, inspirational book of if, if you believe it, you can accomplish it. I think sometimes we limit ourselves too much in the mind where we set goals and we don't set them high enough. You know, one time I sold... 31 homes in 31 days. And my boss in Chicago said, what are you going to do? Take a month off. I said, no, I'm going to do it again. And I fell short by a day. So I sold 60 homes in 61 days. And I was like, dang, I really wanted to do it two months in a row. So, but I set a high goal and it was like, 
you it's he's telling you whatever you think you can achieve you can push past that and go further in your goals it's amazing it's amazing book he did 4000 some pull-ups in 24 hours to break the Guinness Book of World Records crazy yeah that's awesome Brian, always a pleasure. Uh, really appreciate you coming on Thank and, you, and uh, giving uh, insight, advice on um, what it takes to be a real estate agent, what it takes to be a successful real estate agent, even a couple uh, book recommendations or a book recommendation and a movie recommendation. Yeah. So uh, uh, we uh, appreciate and uh, we talked about farming and, and all of that. So um, thank you very much. Thank Breakfast you, with the Broker every Tuesday morning at 9 a.m. Thank you.